123123. Hey, hello here in Holland listeners, Andy Clark here, sitting at my kitchen table in Leiden, and uh, this is a bit of a different podcast in the feed this time. It's a pilot episode of a, another podcast I'm working on called the Shaggy Dog Stories Podcast, and as the title uh, gives away a little bit, it's about dogs. You might be able to hear my dog Taco wandering around in the background, having a good shake there. Um, I recently became a dog owner, and um, when you become a dog owner, you walk your dog and you meet all kinds of people, and you get to hear some really interesting stories. So that kind of triggered me, and I thought, well, maybe I should make a store podcast about uh, dogs. So um, here it is, pilot uh, episode of that podcast, the Shaggy Dog Stories podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, here we go. I'm sitting at my kitchen table in Leiden in the Netherlands and wandering around in the room with me is my dog Taco and you're listening to the first ever Shaggy Dog Stories podcast. There he goes, lying on the floor. Dog stories, funny ones, touching ones and some truly bizarre ones. In this first edition we'll be hearing about a dog versus alligator standoff a passport mistaken for a dog snack at a very inopportune moment, and we will be hearing about a spiritual meeting in a Himalayan temple. My name is Andy Clark, and if you have a great dog story to share, then I want to hear from you too. Get in touch with me, I'll let you know how you can do that later on. But let's get going with the stories. First off, you'll hear me retelling a story that I was told recently when I was out walking taco in the local woods. So there I was, walking in the woods. Taco, my dog, starts playing with another dog. Let's just call him Larry. After a few seconds, they're running full speed in the opposite direction. Do you think they'll ever come back, I say, by way of an awkward joke? Let me tell you a story, says the guy walking the other dog. Larry had history, and all was about to be revealed. Alarmingly, both our dogs were still sprinting away from us as the story began. A few months earlier, Larry had broken into a similar sprint and had never looked back. He'll have just gone home, was the assumption, but back at the ranch there was no sign. Larry's face is soon adorning posters on lampposts and he's the subject of panic calls to the local authorities. Day one passes and whilst the posters flutter expectantly, there's no sign of Larry. Day two, Larry's pictures take to social media, accompanied by the ominous headline, Missing. Day three stampedes into the mist quicker than you can say, Larry, where the hell are you? And as day four dawns, all agree, things are not looking good. The worst thing is, it wasn't even this guy's dog. He was looking after it for someone else, and they were on vacation until the end of the week. The policy is to keep quiet if the friend calls, and work on the basis that the dog will turn up in the nick of time. It's a needs-to-know policy with a lot of faith based on the friend not checking Facebook. Another day comes and goes and more frantic searching fails to trace the wayward pooch. And just as fears rise that Larry, a Spanish water dog, has taken a permanent siesta, the phone rings. There's news. Larry is sighted. But bizarrely, he's in another city. And getting him back is going to be tricky, not just because of the distance. Larry legged it big style from the Dutch city of Leiden to the city of The Hague, some 20 kilometres south. 
So why so tricky to get him back? Well, Larry has lofty ambitions, it seems. He's roaming in a park surrounding a royal palace, and access is strictly limited. Well, for people at least. A plan is hatched. Larry's dog-sitter will be allowed into the grounds for one hour to try and retrieve the wayward hound. It's a royal palace with palatially royal-sized gardens slash forests around it. The 60 minutes shoots by and all the dog-sitter is left with is a sore throat and a limp dog-lead dangling into feet. Plan B, leaving out meat for Larry, is partially successful. He eats the meat, but then promptly returns to romping around the royal forest. Plan C involves a team of royal police and an afternoon of strategically shouting Larry in military unison. Once again, Larry remains unimpressed. With a friend almost back from vacation, it seems as though the dog-sitter is going to have to come clean. And then, just as in all good stories, when hope seems to be lost, there's another call. Larry has wandered up to some royal builders who, as builders do, give the dog a sandwich and time to a post, figuring out someone will come and get him. Larry had had his fun and was soon back where he belonged, just in time for his owner coming back from holiday. The funny thing is, the dog sitter tells me as he leans in close at the end of the story, I was never a hundred percent sure that it was the right dog. I mean, it looks like him. But you never really know. As the story ends, Taco is snuffling a nearby bush, and before Larry launches another intercity sprint, I quickly grab him and put him on the lead, fearful of escapades in royal gardens and days of shouting. Well, I hope you enjoyed that story. That was one of the stories that inspired me to make this dog story podcast. If you have a story you want to share with me, then why don't you get in touch? You can get me at greatdogstory at gmail.com. See what I did with the email address there? Greatdogstory at gmail.com. And you can even tell me your story via WhatsApp audio. You can send me an audio message at uh, plus three one for the Netherlands, 612. 428387. Uh, I'll put both of those in the show notes as well so you can check them there. Okay, the next story. This is Andreas and he is from Spain. Hi. So, finally. Sorry, sorry so, my name is uh, Andres. Uh, everyone calls me Andy. Anyways, but um, so I'm an I'm an Spanish expat. I I came here six years ago to to study, and then uh, life just uh, kept me here because then I started working and that's what I do now. I'm I'm working in a startup in in Amsterdam, and uh, well, two years ago I I I got Lara from a shelter uh, here in the Netherlands, but she's a stray dog from Romania. So she's a she's a very very shy dog, but very sweet. So she she does need time for everything to to be a bit comfortable. She's, a, she's always scared about pretty much everything at the beginning, but then once she gets a bit more uh, confidence, then she she goes full on and uh, she's lovely. 
So, uh, yeah, I have a feeling that the dog does uh, have uh, this uh, sense of when I'm leaving, even though, like, there might not be suitcases or anything uh, on the way that she could clearly tell that I'm going on holidays. Uh, even from the first time that uh, since I had heard that I was going on holidays, I had this uh, story where I was doing my checking on on my couch next to next to Lara, and uh, yeah, I did my checking. I went for, for shower, and I I left my passport on the couch, not too far away from where Lara was, I guess. And when I came back, I found like a, a little mountain of uh, red bits, which I couldn't couldn't tell what it was until of course i got a bit closer to it and then i just uh, yeah i said no 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 please no but of course it was already done uh, she ripped it off the <laughs> into pieces so then i had to figure out how i was gonna travel because of, of course i was traveling that day in the afternoon i had a whole day planned for for being like relaxed with lara uh, before the first time i was leaving her alone with a friend at the beginning, I was like, for a second, like, uh, ang I was angry for a second, but then I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's not the dog's fault. It's more like my fault for leaving that there. I know how how she was behaving with uh, papers and uh, plastics and so on. Her favorite toy to rip apart and <laughs> into million pieces. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was just uh, a bummer because uh, I felt a bit stupid of leaving my passport next to next to that monster. Yeah, actually, it was funny because the the when I called to the airport and to the consulate to see uh, how like how to deal with the situation, uh, the first call I I made, uh, and I was talking to the person on the other side. I was telling them, okay, so this is gonna sound like kind of like my my dog ate my homework, but uh, my my dog ate my passport. <laughs> And then, but then the second call I made because uh, the, they they told me that they couldn't do anything from there that I had to go somewhere else. So the second call, I actually didn't make the joke, but I said, "Yeah, uh, well, my my dog uh, ate my passport." And the first thing they asked me was, uh, "Did he did uh, he also eat your homework?" <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't, I think it's uh, probably normal somehow. Like it's not so odd that uh, yeah, a dog would. Uh, find something and destroy it what is weird right for for dogs like we cannot even understand what they when they talk <laughs> so you know we, we don't know what what they're up and about always they they have they have their own minds and and and, and it's great it's great to see it's great fun it's uh on a daily basis you see their reaction to certain things and yeah it's for me, it's uh, it's it's really fun to to see. It's uh, it's the great thing of a relationship with the dog. Like uh, yesterday, I was uh, coming back home, and there was an ambulance, and she started like this howling thing. And you know, I I'm always wondering why why what's what's the whole point? Are they helping? Are they trying to help? Because if so, yeah. I mean, I would say yeah, they help. <laughs> Andreas, whose dog Lara munched his passport the day he was due to travel. Andreas told me another great story about a time when Lara sensed he was off travelling again 
This time, he ended up locked outside of his apartment in his underwear chasing after her. That's a story for another time, though. Next up in the Shaggy Dog Stories podcast is an absolutely wonderful story, an uplifting story of dogs looking after people. Dogs are one of God's blessings in life and they just make life better and they make you feel like you can be loved unconditionally and uh, you know, I, I, I just love dogs. So uh, my name is Mina Kuzman. I'm 28 years old. I'm originally Egyptian. I've uh, lived uh, um, in England, in Belgium, uh, and in France. And uh, finally, I, I settled uh, in the Netherlands. I'm an absolute dog lover. Yes, I, I'm always late to any appointment I have because I have to stop at any dog I meet in the street and like say hi and pet them and get to know their name and uh, talk to their owner and stuff. So yeah, I do love dogs. So uh, we were in India in Manali, which is a really nice city in the Himalayas. And by the way, it's uh, I think the only city in India where the where weed is legal. Uh, so it was a hipster city in the middle of the mountains, uh, a lot of green, a lot of um, uh, trees. It's, it's a really nice city. And then I was with a group of other Egyptians. We were all doing an internship in, um, uh, in India at the time, in Chandigarh. But then I just met them in Chandigarh at the end of my internship and we took a trip together to Manali. And uh, we heard that there is a very nice uh, temple uh, that was uphill. I think the, it was uh, maybe 30 minute, a 30 minute walk up the hill and uh, on very basic stairs in the middle of all the green, uh, like the green of the mountain. We arrived up there. It was a really nice, cute little temple, Buddhist temple. And uh, the monks were really nice. And what was really interesting, I remember, is that there were many dogs. I would say at least seven, eight dogs that were kind of guarding the temple. But they were so nice. They were so playful and fluffy and friendly and everyone visiting the temple would just play with the dogs and when we asked around they told us that these dogs are raised by the um, by the monks and the temple is their home basically when I just googled uh, Himalayan dogs in Manali they came up they are fluffy they are almost the same of a German uh, almost the same size of a German Shepherd uh, they are they can be black or dark brown or beige um, and and that's it they have a bit of a thick coat and uh, that's that's about it and they are so friendly and nice uh, they're so cute as well we played with them and uh, then it was night time and we wanted to go back to the town where we were staying um, so we had to go down these stairs in in the middle of the mountain and uh, we were going down and I remember there were no lights because it was a very basic way up to the to the temple and uh, we were a bit worried that it was night time and we couldn't see where we are stepping and it's India and we were so young at the time and phones were not as, as advanced as they were today because I was in 2013 I think so the GPS was not was not that functional as it is today um, anyway we, we I was just um, um, like at the front of the group trying to walk down with my flashlight and then we found that this group of dogs, at least six, seven dogs, they just started appearing and one of them was at the front next to me and I remember one of them was at the back, right 
before uh, like after the last one of the group and the rest of the dogs were just in the middle walking in between and then the dogs started walking and then we thought first that was that could have been like a coincidence or the dogs just going somewhere but then when we would stop the dogs would stop and the leader dog would stop and just look at me as if he was waiting for my next move or waiting for me to continue going down we kept going down and it's kind of like the dogs were guiding us, especially like the, the, the guide alpha dog of them. And then once we reached the, the bottom of the stairs, uh, we had to cross a little um, bridge over a, like a canal or a small river to be in, in town. And then we all went, the dogs stopped, the leader dog was at the front. He stopped right before the bridge and looked at me and looked at us. And then we walked and I, I, I went to this dog and I said goodbye and I said thank you and you can go back now. And then they kept looking at us until we crossed the bridge and then they went back. And that was it. It's as if the dogs were guarding the temple and they were kind of giving protection or, or just being so nice and so uh, welcoming to those visiting the temple. And uh, yeah, they just guided us home. And what do you think now when you look back on that experience? What do you make of it? You must have thought about it many times. You said you were getting goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it. But when you reflect on it, why do you think, what do you think happened? I mean, at the time, it, I, I didn't realize it, but I do realize it now that dogs are very intuitive creatures. And uh, they, they have this sort of connections with each other and with humans and with other creatures as well. So... Uh, they knew that they, they, I'm sure they knew that we were a bit worried and we were a bit uh, I would say scared of going down and maybe they do this with all the groups of, of tourists who go to the temple and it, be, it gets late and they know that uh, well they need to be accompanied until they get uh, they get down from from the mountain so uh, no um, it just it just makes me feel that how, how amazing dogs are and that uh, you know like these these uh, memes that you see on Facebook we don't deserve dogs no I think dogs are one of God's blessings in life and they just make life better and they make you feel like you can be loved unconditionally and uh, you know I, I, I just love dogs and when I look back at it it's just one of the experiences that I have that really warms my heart I know this will sound ridiculous and again I'm getting even stronger goosebumps as I'm saying it but I remember that at the end of this 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 little adventure as the dogs were standing and i remember the dog he was he was the beige one like a bit yellowish and he stood at the front and he looked at us and then i went back to him the the the, the leader dog and i went back to him and i petted him and i said thank you we are now okay you can go back because it's late and i said it in arabic shukran ehna wasilna Oh my God! So they can understand again. The, I, I think the communication with dogs happens even across languages. Like you can talk in your own language, and he can listen in whatever language he's used to listen. But they will still understand what you want to say. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's again one of the experiences that I will always cherish and I will never forget. And I will never forget the last look of this dog. It's as if he was like saying "Okay, bye" or something. I will never forget that scene at night.
Mina Kuzman there. What an amazing story of the contact between dogs and humans. Maybe you have a wonderful story you want to share too, uh, and I'd love to hear from you if you do. There are links in the show notes. You can email me at greatdogstory at gmail.com or you can even send me an audio message at plus three one uh, for the Netherlands six one two four two eight three eight seven. Those details are in the show notes. All right, time for one last story. This one takes us from Peru to Florida and features a very brave dog called Esperanza. Hi. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me too? So my name is uh, Carolina Svensson and uh, I'm originally from Germany, but now living uh, with a Dutch boyfriend and Peruvian dog in Amsterdam. <laughs> so um, we've been actually traveling uh, the world for two years. And at some point we went to the Amazon in Peru and um, we stayed for a couple of weeks uh, with a shamanic fa- family there and on their grounds. There was um, a couple of dogs, but particularly one of them um, fell in love with me right away and she kept following me everywhere. So um, at some point I fell in love with her too and decided that we cannot go home without taking her. And um, yeah, and then we made it possible. We took her uh, from Peru um, home with us and we um, traveled first a bit with her. And then, um, yeah, a year later we ended up in Amsterdam then. (laughs) Uh, her name is Esperanza, which means hope. We continued traveling with her um, through South America and then we flew with her as well into the United States and we stayed a while in Florida and then um, we decided to just go um, basically yeah, as much into the wild as we can. We took our tent and we drove into um, a campsite in the Everglades and it turned out that yeah there was just one other family on the whole campground um and it was very secluded and very much um yeah in the nature and we got ourselves some groceries some barbecue meat and um yeah all delicious stuff uh, we could throw on the barb and then <laughs> um yeah it got it was dark it was really uh night uh, you could not see very far uh, basically yeah, just um whatever the light uh, of the of the fire um shined on um around you know and um yeah and then all of a sudden she started uh, growling and we didn't get it why what was going on and um yeah, and we ignored it a little bit until her, her barking uh, she started barking and got more and more excited <laughs> and we lightened uh, with our torch uh, towards the water and we saw um yeah a crocodile no an alligator actually approaching towards the barbecue he was not even far away (laughs) Um, but we couldn't see him in the dark and then uh, once the light hit the alligator uh, Esperanza just uh, shot out of the dark started growling and barking and um, made made the alligator actually go back into the water and yeah flee from us It was quite a big thing. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It was so dark and so it went also quick, but like two meters long, I think. It was very, uh, yeah, very uh, impressive actually to see one of them that close and being uh, and realizing that you have not been aware that it was there for I don't know for how long. <laughs> 
it went just so quick. All of a sudden, the, the gator was back in the water and Esperanza came back very proud of herself. <laughs> so we kept barbecuing and um, just checking the water every once in a while. And um, yeah, and Esperanza stayed on uh, on guard anyway. So we knew we can basically rely on her <laughs> to keep our meat and us safe. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed this first ever Shaggy Dog Stories podcast. This time the stories came from people living in the Netherlands, that's where I'm based, but I'd love to hear your dog story wherever you are in the world, and there are lots of ways of getting in touch with me to share your story. They're in the show notes, but you can email me, greatdogstory at gmail.com, and there is also a WhatsApp number, you can leave an audio message there too as well, all in the show notes. If you leave me a good story, then I will put that in a future episode. It's been great having you along for the first Shaggy Dog Stories podcast. And remember... Dogs are one of God's blessings in life and they just make life better and they make you feel like you can be loved unconditionally. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just love dogs. And one request from me, please share the podcast with anyone you think you'll like it. If there's enough response, I'll launch in a new feed. If not, then it was a nice experiment anyway. From me, Andy Clark, thanks for listening. <laughs>